Father, we want to thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for the people that are being touched by your glory. We thank you for the salvations that are happening. We thank you for the miracles. We thank you for the healings, God. We thank you for the encounters. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your goodness. And our declaration is the declaration of David, that we will see the goodness of our God in the land of the living, that we will see your goodness here in Bundaberg in increasing measure. And when people used to say, why Bundaberg? Our answer will be, because God loves Bundaberg. So, God, we want to thank you. We submit to you. We yield to you. We ask by your spirit that you would continue to change us from glory to glory to glory to be all that you've called us to be here in Bundaberg in Jesus' name. Amen? Hey, the, over, the, the, the overwhelming theme of this year, everything can be linked to humility, to a humbleness of heart, to a, to a desire to yield to God which goes against the flesh, doesn't it? The flesh is proud. The flesh is stubborn. The flesh is self-reliant. It's like, I can deal with it. I can do it. I can. I can. But, there's a, but, the, but we actually need a desire to yield to God and to humble ourselves before Him and to trust Him as we walk through together. It's an amen. Every aspect of our lives. So the first thing that the Lord was highlighting to me was that this is to be a time of, a year of deeper love. I heard the Lord say to me when I was in prayer, there's a level of sacrificial love that my people have not yet entered into. So I'm calling them deeper, for this is part of the new covenant that I instituted. There are some amongst my people that have been carrying this burden, but it's time for the whole. Standing separate from, pointing the finger at, is not my heart nor my love. It is time for my people to yield to my spirit and love as I love. For those around them will then see me as they love in this way. And people will say, the Lord is truly amongst them. My mind immediately went, as I heard that phrase from the Lord, my mind immediately went to John 13. Because Jesus said, as when he's talking about the new covenant or the new command, he said, this is the command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. And by this, by that measure, his measure of love, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's immediately where I went. And I know that the love thing has been something that the Lord has been speaking to us about. And I know that many people talk about the fact that they feel God's love when we're together and when we gather in all kinds of ways. But I want to say to you, there is more. There is so much more in the way we walk in it, in the way that we relate, in the way that we communicate, the way, the way that we are quick to forgive and slow to become angry. There is so much more. And they're not just amongst us, but to carry His heart of love for our city and our region, there is so much more. Is there an amen? But this love is not me trying to love people. We have to understand that this love comes from God. Because it says in Romans 5, 5, that He has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not us trying to love someone. It is us, again, dependent and relying upon God to receive His love that we could then love the way that He loves. Everything is from Him and through Him and to Him. And so if you're struggling in the area of love, I just encourage you to yield to God and say, God, help me to know your love 
the way that you really love me. I yield to you, God. Help me to understand that. The church, the people of God are family. But I wrote down, as I, as I was before the Lord, often our brokenness from our earthly families can affect the way we are with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Often the brokenness that we experience in our natural families can be the way that we relate with our brothers and sisters in Christ. No family is perfect. Even if you've, even if you've had the best mum and the best dad, there's still stuff that happens. There's still stuff in life. There's still stuff be between siblings. There's still a measure of, of conditional love that kind of doesn't mean to, but it still gets shown at times. And, and often the brokenness that we experience in our everyday life can then affect the way that we look at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so God needs to heal us of, of some things. And I, you know, I've been a part of prayer ministry with people for, for over 25 years. And I see God setting people free from stuff that has been holding them back. And if that's you, I encourage you to yield to God and, and, and come to me, come to me, come to some others and say, would you pray for me? Because there's some areas of brokenness in my life that I need healing still. There's some thorns that need pulling out. There's some things that have happened to me that I need to be healed from. Amen? You know, you think about the love of God, and we could spend time in 1 Corinthians 13, but we really don't have a lot of time because we could be here for a long time. But you know, just, just go home and read it again. And you see the love of God, and you realize, God, I need you more. But I was thinking about in 1 John, in chapter 3, it says, See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. The Father has lavished His love on you that you could be called a, children of God, a child of God. And as May said, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, then today is the day to get hands laid on you and to pray for you that you would receive the love of God. Amen. But it goes on to say, because love is not just words, love is a verb, love is an action. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. It's a verb, it's an action. We're not meant to just say, I love you and bless you and leave them. But we're actually meant to be involved in each other's lives. Amen? And it says in 1 John 3 verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. Ooh. That's how we know what love is. Jesus demonstrated it because he laid his life down. And then it says, we should also lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. Ooh. If anyone has the world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion, how does God's love reside in him? Dear children, let us not love in merely word or speech, but in actions and in truth. The Lord's encouragement to us is to continue to go deeper in love. Amen? Last week we spoke about first love fire, that love relationship with Him and allowing the Spirit to, to rekindle that fresh love fire. The onflow of that is the way that we love one another. Amen? The second thing that I was that I was sitting with the Lord about is that this is the year of faithfulness 
being rewarded. And the Lord said to those faithful, I will give more. I'm putting a fresh focus on my people being good stewards of what I've given to them. My heart is to bring the increase. So I'm looking for those who are both thankful and faithful. For those who are truly thankful will also walk in faithfulness as they know that I am their source and their sustenance. For I am faithful to complete the work in them and through them. If you're truly thankful, you will be faithful with what God's given you. My, my mind, as I was sitting with God in my chair, immediately went to the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. Because it didn't matter whether there was five talents or whether there was two talents or whether there was one talent. That is, that is not the issue. It, the message is being faithful with, with, with what God has given to you. The one who had five talents. See, because in, in this world, we measure people by how much. How much... How big is their house? How important is their job? What position are they in, in here or in there? But no, that is not God's way because the greater will become lesser. So it's not about, oh, I've got five talents and you've only got two. That's the world's way. It's, oh, God has given me something and I need to be faithful. There's a weightiness when God gives you more, there is a weightiness to discharge what he has given you. Amen. So to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. He said to the one, again, if I read the whole passage, we'll be here for a long time. It's all on the, it's all there. The master said to the one with five, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over many things, oh, sorry, over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. The one with two earned two more. And he said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. But the one who had won, he didn't do anything with it. He was actually called a wicked, lazy servant. God is calling us to be faithful. And when you know that everything comes from God and is through God, you don't have to stress about it. I mean, we do at times, don't we? I remember all those times when we had six, six, six dollars left in the bank and we don't have a credit card because God told us not to have one. You know, you do stress a little bit. You just kind of start to work out where the, where the money is going to come from. But you know, it never stopped us putting God first. We're not just talking about being faithful with finances here. We're talking about with the gifts that he's given you, with the possessions that you have, and with everything that you are. Because did, did you know that everything you have is his? And you are called to steward that which he's given to you. You're called to steward your family. You're called to steward your income. You're called to steward the gifts. You're called to steward your possessions. The early church understood this because, then, because, because they saw a brother or sister in need and they gave. They were stewarding it together. There was a corporate pool that was going on and they were helping each other so that no one was in need, that no one was without. That is so contrary to this world that we live in who says, unless you have $575,000 in your superannuation, you're, you're, you're going to live below the poverty line for the rest of your life. It's true, isn't it? 
I don't think my superannuation is going to get anywhere near 575000 But my trust is in God. And I believe in the midst of everything, as I've said before, that's happening in the world, that God is saying to his people, do you, in, do you understand that you actually need each other? That you are not to live the independent life that you've been living, where you come to church and you do your thing and you disappear again and you see each other next week. But no, 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 you're going to need each other to pray for, to encourage, to help, to give, to sow. The principle that is in Scripture is you reap what you sow. If you are struggling in an area, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's possessions, whether it's ministry, whatever it is, you reap what you sow. Be faithful. God is looking for people who are faithful. It doesn't mean we don't go through hard times and we go through testing times. We have. So many people have been through hard times and testing times. But know this, the Lord is, the Lord is faithful and he who promised will fulfill that. Is, that an, is there an amen? So that, I guess the question in that, as we move on to the next point, is does God have your heart? Does he really have your heart? Does he really have every part of you or does just he have some parts of you? And the heart of God is for us to know him in every area of our life, that he would be Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that he would be Jehovah Rapha, our healer, that he would be El Shaddai, God Almighty, that, that, that we would know him in every area of our life. That's his heart. Because that's what worship is, isn't it? We're going to talk about that. Actually, let's just move in there. The year of true worship. The worship coming back to living whole of lives. Whole of lives. Separated. Abandoned. Holy. Unto God. Not just being religious at certain times, but living our lives holy and set apart for Jesus. The church, as a, as a general statement, doesn't look too much different from the world, but we are to look so different like chalk and cheese, salt and light, black and white. So different. Set apart for him. Every moment, every day, our life is called to be a life of worship. Is there an amen? That is our true response to the king who laid his life down for us. It is that old, well, it's not too old, but Matt Redman song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I think we need to remind ourselves of that from time to time. It's all about you, Jesus. We're coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you, Jesus. We're coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you, Jesus. We're coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you, Jesus. When we gather in this way or whatever way, this is the overflow. This is the overflow because, we've, um, because we are living lives of worship to the King. Oh, we just love to get together and we just love to praise Him with our brothers and sisters because we are worshipping together. He said to me, he said, I'm looking for those whose hearts are truly for me, not those who just speak the words, 
but hearts that cannot be contained or restrained as they desire to walk before me in every aspect of their life. These are those who worship me in spirit and in truth. And from these ones, I smell the fragrance of worship that is pleasing. Why, why did the Lord say, I'm going to restore David's fallen tent? Why that one? Why not Moses' tent? Why not Solomon's with all its gold and all its splendor? Why was it David's tent? Well, there's different theological reasons for that, but let's just make it really simple today. Because David was a man after God's own heart, and he lived the life. He, he was a worshipper before he became a warrior and before he became king. So be a worshipper. Worship Him. Yes, singing songs is worship, but it's not all of it. Because worship is our true, is our right response to the one who gave us life. So yes, we can use the words of a song as a right response to the one who gave us life. Holy, worthy, hallelujah. But the way that I walk before Him, the way that I treat people, the way... The way that I live my life in a day-to-day is just as much worship that rises as a fragrance to the King. I never want to be someone that the Lord spoke of this in Isaiah 29 verse 13. He said, the Lord said, these people approach me with their speeches and they honour me with their lips, yet their hearts are far from me and their rules are made up of human Oh, sorry, and human rules direct their worship of me. I never want to be someone that says, I just gave God lip service, but my heart was not for Him. I want to be known as someone whose heart was for God. A man after God's own heart. And that is the heartbeat of Restoration Centre, that we would not just, we would not just give Him lip service but that he would have our hearts. And everything that happens will flow from that place. Amen. Romans 12, 12 says, in view of God's, uh, uh, 12 verse 1 and 2, in view of God's mercy, offer your lives as living sacrifices of worship, holy, set apart and pleasing unto him. My encouragement is live this year as a life that is set apart in every aspect, in your homes, in your businesses, in your families, in your relationships, in your individual walk, every aspect of your life. With everything that He's given you, live it as a life of worship unto Him and just see what He will start to do. Sometimes we're going through stuff because God's testing our hearts. It says that of the, of, of the Israelites, that God led them into the desert to test what was in their hearts. And sometimes in the midst of the battle, our hearts get tested, yeah? Are our hearts really for God or do we just pay Him lip service? And, you know, we're in that moment and so I want to encourage you, just yield to Him because He is a good Father. He is such a good Father. And He is totally trustworthy and He is totally faithful. Amen. We're going pretty good. I'm up to number four. The year of walking in holiness. There's a lot more in there, but you can read it later. The year of walking in holiness. You know, there was a period in my life when I heard the word holiness that I wanted to run and hide. 
because I'd, I'd been in an environment where it was like, you need to do better. You shouldn't be doing this. This is what you should be doing to please God. And I'm like going, oh. And when I heard holiness, I just was like, I can't live up to that. I can't do it. I just can't. I've had it. It's too hard. Anyone else ever been there? Three, four. That's sad. I think there's more. I think, I think there's more of us here than we realize. Come on. You know, the good thing about the new building is going to have air conditioning. It's going to be good, isn't it? That's really good. I just saw some people getting really hot, and I understand that. Anyway. And I think holiness has been avoided because of the doctrine of try-harder Christianity. I think holiness is a subject that we, the church, the modern-day church doesn't go towards because it's like, whoa, no, let's not go there. But holiness comes from a yielding to the finished work of the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit in me. That's where it comes from. God said, I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put my spirit in you, and I will move you to follow my decrees. Holiness comes from a yielding to God, a yielding to the finished work of the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's not try harder Christianity, but it's learning to be. It's learning to be. After all, Scripture says, be holy as I am holy. It says in 1 Peter, be holy as I am holy. Not try harder to, to kind of get, get holy, but be holy. Oh, I had this wrong all that time when I had got that revelation years ago. Not, not just now. Sorry. But maybe there's someone here today that's like, oh, I got, oh, I got that. I didn't understand. The picture goes back to that Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me. Abide in me. Stay, dwell in me. And you will bear much fruit. Doesn't that take a load of weight off your shoulders? Oh, what I couldn't do for myself, God has done for me. Now I just have to get rid of my self-effort and allow the Spirit of God to work in me. I heard the Lord say as I was praying into this, oh, actually, I want to read this other thing first. What we could not do for ourselves, God has done for us. And those living under the new covenant as born again from above people have no desire for sin. Yes, no desire for sin. It does not mean that we, I mistreated Steve the wrong way, I sinned and I mistreated him. I hope, hopefully I haven't. Good, thanks brother. Because I love him. But there's no desire. The desire gets taken away. The desire to sin gets taken away because of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. It says that in Scripture. We turn back to 1 John 3 again in verse 9. Well, actually, verse 8 is a good one, isn't it? The Son of God was revealed to, for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. 
Did you get that? The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Man, we should be in, in raucous praise right there. The Son of Man was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Let's get a bit Pentecostal for a minute. Come on. Woo! Ha-ha. Ho-ho. Ho-ho. You know there's so much joy in the kingdom of God. Woo-hoo. So it's like pressed down, shaken together and overflowing, I tell you. Then it says, everyone who has been born of God does not continue to sin. That is, your life is not marked by sin anymore. Because you have been born again, your life is marked by Christ. And that is holiness. But I have been set apart from the things of this world. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. And I heard the Lord say, this was a little bit kind of heavier, but anyway, we'll go with it. For too long there has been mixture, mixture amongst my people, and indeed mixture in their hearts. But the divide is coming. Yes, even the divide amongst my church where some will remain in mixture, unwilling to let go of the things of this world, but others will come to me and be set apart as my people in these times. These will be the ones who say, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. For those who stand for me in this way, they will once again stand out as true salt and light, shining my light and my glory in a darkened world. Come on. God is moving even amongst the church going, is your heart really for me? Is your heart really for me? Are you really for me? Are you really for me? Are you just a Sunday Christian? Do you, do you have a form of godliness but yet, but yet deny my power? And obviously his heart is, come on, follow me. But there's been a testing of hearts, hasn't there? We've, if we say who's been going through fire, Nearly everyone puts their hand up. We've had some form of trial, some form of temptation, some form of persecution, some form of suffering, some form of, you know, all that kind of stuff to test what's in our hearts. But I think we're coming out the other side. I think we're starting to come out the other side. I think we're starting to come out the other side and our hearts are being refined and purified that we would live for Him. And when the world says, do this, we say, no, we're going to do that. When the world says, you know, when the idols say, bow before me, we say, no, 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 we will worship the Lord and we will worship him only. God is looking for a people who will stand. Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to stand for Jesus? Are you willing to stand? We're going to stand. We're going to be salt and light. We're going to be, you know, shining the light of his glory and people are going to know. I'm excited by that. Come on. The year of body ministry. We'll fly through this one because I've spoken about this over many, many years. But the key is, the call is that God is calling people from passive Christianity to active Christianity. There is too many people, you know, that have just been cruising through life, 
But God is calling you to activate what he has placed in you. There is a calling, there are gifts, there's a purpose, there's a work of the spirit that is within you and God is calling you to release that because it's part of the body. The body is not functioning the way it should be because not every part is doing its work. I know this week I lifted the door on the new building and I didn't realise how heavy it was and I kind of hurt my muscle in behind my shoulder blade and all of a sudden my body wasn't working properly. It's still not working that properly. I couldn't lift things. I actually had to get Bonnie to put my, uh, take my socks off on <laughs> Thursday night because I couldn't even reach to get my socks off. But see, my body wasn't functioning. And the body of Christ is not truly functioning the way that it's meant to function because people are not being who they're meant to be. And God is calling his people to start to release the gift and the grace. It says that everyone has been given a measure of grace. Everyone. Everyone. And often we look at each other like, like, like we look at ourselves and go, well, I can't really do much. Like, what do I do? Maybe we need to start asking God or praying, fan into flame that gift of God within me. Oh, let it become real. Let it become evident. And sometimes, you know what? You see in other people what they don't see for themselves. You see a gift. You see a grace in someone else's life, and they don't often see it for themselves. They struggle to see it. And that's why we need to be encouragers, speaking into each other's life to encourage each other more and more until they start to see themselves the way that God sees them. Is there an amen to that? And the Lord said to this, as a loving father, he said, My precious chosen children, I have given of myself to you that you would display my grace and my glory. So I'm calling you up higher to break what has held you back as I'm calling my body into alignment at this time. I love that. I'm calling my body into alignment at this time. You will see my true apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, those who have been through the fire again and again and again over many years, begin to arise amongst my people and they will cause my, my church to come into alignment as each part does its work. For what is coming, each one of you will be needed, so use this time to get prepared. There's two things that I want to say here. One is there is no place for an orphan spirit in the body of Christ. An orphan spirit can do so much damage, not just in your own life, but around you. You are a son and daughter of the Most High. And if there is anything in you that makes you feel like you don't belong, you're not accepted, you're not a part of something, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And I would encourage you to get people to pray for you and bless you with the Father's blessing until you know that you are a beloved son or daughter of the King. <clears throat> Secondly, true body ministry is kingdom focused. It's not just something that's confined to the walls of a gathering place. The body is called, the body of Christ is called to minister to one another 100%, but we are called to minister to a broken world in need. We are doing that, and God is asking us to do that more and more. We're not going into the heart of the city to hide. We are going into the heart of the city to be his hands and his feet in the city. The building will not change our mentality of a church without walls 
it will actually just enhance some things that we can do. You know how many people that I have met in Bundaberg that would love to see 24-7 prayer and worship start to happen in Bundaberg? There are people from so many fellowships, so many denominations that have a heart for that. I'm like, well, why not do it in the center of the city? Who knows what God's going to do? But I do know this. It's time for each one of us to arise and shine for the glory of God. Is there an amen to that? Second last point. Going so well, aren't we? This one. Whoa. It, it's, it, it's funny, you know I mean? It's like you work through stuff with God, but there's certain things that just, oh, yeah. This is one of the old year points for me. The year of learning to possess and occupy. As I sat with the Lord, this part burned within me and I feel a weight on it. And I heard the Lord say, my people have neglected to take hold of my precious promises in ways similar to those who did not believe me when I sent out the spies to look over the promised land of my people. Does that make sense? We have neglected to take hold of his precious promises spiritually in the now, in the same way those that were called to take the land fell into unbelief. And he said, all authority has been given to me. Go, make disciples, pull down strongholds, see the spiritual barometer of a nation changed. Do we believe that? Do do we believe that a spiritual barometer of Australia can change? It's been going like that. Do we believe that it can be changed? It can. Nothing is too hard for our God. And then he said, too many are listening to the reports of where your nation is heading and what they say will happen rather than listening to me and what I will do through a people who have shed themselves of unbelief, fear, and timidity. Woo! That's pretty cool. Now is not the time to retreat, but now is the time to advance. Oh, I like that. Must be a little bit of, you know, military in me somewhere. Like, come on. You know, I went through Scripture. My, my mind went to the garden, the garden of Eden when the Lord said, be fruitful, increase, multiply, subdue the earth. All the way through to Jesus who said, go, make disciples of nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. All the way through Scripture is about the people of God learning to rule and reign under Christ's authority. That's what it is. And God is, in, God, God, God is looking to us to learn that we would learn how to rule and reign in Bundaberg, in the region, and wherever we tread our feet under the kingship of Christ because he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And we stand and declare his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the Lord is teaching us to possess and occupy until he comes. It's not what the newspapers are saying. It's not what the reports are saying. It's what he is saying. And we are standing to say that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Jesus Christ will be glorified in this city. He will be glorified. Woo! He's calling us out of passive Christianity and he's calling us into Book of Acts stuff. We're starting to see little pockets of that. Cancers that were gone, 
God, that, sorry, cancers that were there, gone in Jesus' name. Mental illnesses that were there, gone in Jesus' name. Provision that wasn't there, coming in Jesus' name. We're starting to see little pockets of it. And are we, are we happy with that? Or are we thankful and say, God, glorify your name again and again and again? That has to be the position of our hearts. Thankfulness, but humility. God, do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. Oh, there you go. People are always looking for the new thing. There's something in, in us, in our society, I'm nearly finished, I understand it's a bit warmer today, bear with me a couple of minutes. People, people are always looking for the new thing. But you know the new thing in God is actually the returning. The new thing is the returning, oh wow. Sorry. The new thing is actually a returning. It's a returning to God. It's a returning to being His people. Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be so glorious. Whew. Actually, that leads me to my last point. Didn't think about that. It is a year of returning. Getting back to being His people, in His presence, in His glory. Returning to being disciples and making disciples, and you are all a part of that. I can't say this enough. It is important that every single one of us has at least someone that we allow to speak into our lives, even if it's something we don't want to hear. But we need to have those people who will disciple us. And then we need to have someone that we are also encouraging and building up in the Lord. We all need that. If you do nothing else, no, there's actually a lot of things you probably could do. But make time this year for those relationships. Make time to catch up with someone and say, I give you permission. Will you pray for me? You speak into my life. You speak Jesus to me. You speak into my life. You give that person that permission, someone that you trust and respect in the Lord. Not someone who's going to control you and abuse you and all that kind of stuff, but someone who's going to be as Christ to you. And then find someone that you can encourage. We have some great youth and some great kids. And we have some great young adults that are growing in God. They're looking for men and women of, of God who say, I just want to encourage you. I want to bless you. I want to speak Christ to you. I want to see you grow up in God. You know, we can all dis be discipled and make disciples. Is there an amen to that? So position yourself for it. Whatever you really want to do, you're going to make time for that's the reality. People go, oh, I, I haven't got time for prayer. Or I haven't got time. If you really want it, you will make time for it. Give me a logbook of your life for a month and I'll show you what, what you cherish in your heart. Whatever you cherish, you will make time for. So position yourself. Cherish it. The Lord spoke to me on this final point. He said, many are distracted by the things of this world. 
and others are looking for the next best thing, yet I'm calling my people back to the tried and true of my ways. And as my people return to me with all their heart, and as they align with me and my ways, you will see my glory, you will see my goodness, and you will see my power. You may have had a taste, but the Lord said there is much more ahead for those who who heed the call. Is that you? To be a person of his presence, to be a person of his glory, to be a person that says, I'm just, you know, that, you know, that as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. We want to do things differently. This is not a fellowship where the pastor does everything. I better ring the pastor today because I have a need. You have got so many people that are there for you. You've got so many people who will love you, encourage you, pray for you, help you, support you. Obviously, sometimes I am needed. But my heart is to equip you and point you to Jesus that you will then be as Christ to those around you. Are we ready for an increase? I don't know whether we quite are. I'm just being real. Because if we're going to disciple 50 people, 100 people, 200 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, the same five people can't do it. We will need home groups right across this region. We are going to need men and women of God to say, I'm going to put my, ha- my, my hand to the plow and I'm going to help to disciple these new ones and these prodigals. It is time. I have found myself <laughs> in tears more in the last six months than I have for the last six years. Not bad tears, <laughs> good tears. Not the sorrow my last for the night, but the joy that comes in the morning. I have found myself in tears in the presence of God. He's been stripping me. He's been cleansing me. He's been purifying me. He's been working in my heart that I would get to a place of, God, I just want you. I want your presence, God. Show me your glory. I want to see your kingdom. I want to see, Lord, what you want to see in Bundaberg. I want to see you. I don't want it to be anything of me. I don't want it to be anything of us. I want it to be you. I am jealous for your kingdom. I am jealous for your ways. I am jealous for your presence. I am jealous for your glory. I don't want anything else. We just want you. Come Lord Jesus, come and receive the full full reward in Bundaberg in this region. Oh boy. Position yourself for the more. Position yourself for the more. Position yourself for the more.
Let go of anything that you need to let go of. Let go of distractions. Let go of the things that you're holding on to from five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Let go of anything that's going to hinder you. Let go of the sin that may entangle you. Jesus is the one that can set you free in every area. And let's gather and let's run this race. His kingdom, His glory, His reward. Amen. If you want to grab a copy, there's some copies on down here somewhere. I'll give them to Guy. There you go. Welcome back. Oh, man. Anyone else get those moments where it's just like, whoo? <laughs> Music team, you can, um, Kathy, can you come and fill in for me? That'd be awesome. Thanks, Kathy. Oh. You know, one of the verses of Scripture, as it close, as the team comes up, one of the verses of Scripture that I've been holding on to is Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. I've been holding on those verses for the past three or four years when things have been tough, when stuff's been happening. I've been holding on to those verses. Psalm 23, uh, verses 13 and 14. David said, I would, have, I, I would have lost heart except for this. And I think there's quite a few of us that have been going through stuff and you've been in a time where you've almost been tempted to lose heart. But David said, except for this, there was a seed that was in David because David was called to be an overcomer. And there's a seed in you because you are called to be an overcomer in Christ who loved you and gave himself for you. And so the second part of that psalm, those verses said, I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have lost heart through COVID. I would have lost heart through the shutdowns. I would have lost heart through the battles. I would have lost heart through a lot of things, except for this. I am confident that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. I love you, Jesus. If you need prayer for anything today, come today. But then partner with God. Partner with Him. Position yourself. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Jesus. Let's worship Him.